Kelsey, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining me. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good, bro. Can't complain. Glad we could get this get this thing in motion. I had to I had to cancel on you. I'll call myself out. I had to cancel on you the first time around. So uh, we got to had to run it back, and uh, I'm glad I can get you on here. Uh, no worries. I read a couple books, so hopefully I'm a little smarter now. So. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have a lot of wisdom to share, a lot of great stories and stuff like that. So I'm excited for this one. So let's start off by, you know, kind of telling the people where you're at right now. Uh, we were talking before the show, you're an indie guy, but right now you're, you're spending your off season working on your body in Florida. Kind of talk about, you know, what's going on down there. Some of the things you're focusing on and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say probably, I mean, this basketball thing is a little bit of a process. Like kind of how I focus my life is kind of centered around that. My dad was a player. I'm a player. So it feels like I'm seeing double, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's really all I know, right? So the main thing I try to focus on is like why I'm good or why I'm not good, right? And that has nothing to do with what someone tells me about my performance, right? So like I know based on how I felt by myself in a court or based on how I felt in a game, stuff like that. So this summer, man, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I had, I mean, Emotionally, I had some stuff going on that wasn't the best, but also physically, I felt pretty stiff overall. Like, I would watch players, not like score or whatever, but I would see how they moved, and I was like, man, I'm just not moving like that. But I'm kind of like fool's gold because I kind of look the part, I guess, right? So <laughs> I'm like faking shape, you know, or like something, right? Like, nothing's wrong with me, I guess. So it's like, it's sometimes hard to get help or to like, get people to realize like you're kind of going through something so i think ultimately at the end of the summer we played with uh jade and ivy in the program or whatever and i was like bruh like the way he was just moving bruh you know mm, like yeah. moving like like man i was like all right Kel, just put the ball down a little bit and let's just reconstruct this thing so yeah I saw that process in india a little bit which was like just waking up I would read like Indian style to kind of open up my hips and stuff like that. And then I would stretch for like an hour and then get into like some bands, then a little lifting or whatever. And then always like grass running. And so I did that up until it started getting cold. And then I came down to Florida where there's a little heat. I have a doctor here as well, but he's in Miami like an hour away. So that's what sort of brought me here. That's what's up, man. So you mentioned um, Jay Nivey and I got a chance to work with him he going into his senior year or not his senior year, his last year at Purdue. And he's definitely one of those guys that just like has it, you know what I mean? Just the movement, yeah. everything he does is fluid. It looks good. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't see a lot of people like that. And then obviously, you know, that's kind of, that's helped him get to where he is today. But, um, you know, you guys are both Purdue guys. So I guess we can talk about that connection. How, how has it been for you? I know you play for the men of Mackey, uh, you're a, a Purdue alum. What's what's kind of like the Purdue family like? Like when you see guys like that, is it like instant connection? No, not at all. I, I mean, I don't know. For me, it could be a little different. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say so, to be honest. Like, I mean, me specifically as a person, I'm not really – I've moved around so much that, like, it takes me to look back at something to realize, like, 
what type of institution it was most of the time and like college sort of plays into that. So, I mean, I'm pretty close with everyone I won the championship with, like all those guys from that team, but players after not so much. Like I know PJ Thompson, like his dad mm-hmm. and my dad played against each other in Italy. So I've had dinner with PJ Thompson, like in Italy, you know, when we were kids. Oh, so that's like, crazy. Pretty player that I, I probably have like a instant connection anytime I probably see him or something like that. But uh, no, nah, not really. You know, I wouldn't say so. But playing with him, I was like, I was trying to see like what Purdue tendencies he had, but I didn't really, I didn't really see too many. He just, he just moved so well. I was just like, wow, that thing kind of stuck out to me. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned your dad. Um, he played pro. You were actually born in Greece. Is that right? That's correct. So talk about your upbringing, kind of. You know, who put the ball in your hand? Obviously, probably your dad. But was it like a was it like a thing where it's like you're going to be a basketball player? Did you try multiple sports? And, and what was that like growing up in Greece? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, so I lived like the first, I think, three years in Greece. And then I moved to Italy for like the next seven, seven, eight. Um, but depending on when my dad started the season or if he was injured or something like that, I could catch like a month of school or something in the States as well. So, but mostly it was just, to be honest, it was like, I was with my mom most of the time and my brother. And she, she tried to make it so that we weren't like foreigners in a country. So mm-hmm. we never went to like international schools, like at the house, she wasn't speaking to us in English and stuff like that. It was like either Greek or Italian, whatever we were speaking, she was, she was going to talk to us in that language. And then it was basically like, a mountain of extracurricular activity. So I actually started off playing like piano, like riding horses, doing a little taekwondo, all that stuff alongside basketball. Um, and then I would play kind of like whatever the sport was the season. Like, you know, if it's yeah. like fall, I might try to find a football somewhere. You know, if it's summer, I might try to grab a baseball and stuff like that. But ultimately, I actually liked horseback riding better than everything. But I think just moving around so much when you like switch coaches or like, you know, like yeah. get the wrong horse or something, it kind of demotivated me and stuff like that. So, but it was basically like extracurriculars and just working on like school stuff all week. And then if my dad had like a home game or a game in a city, my mom was interested in, we would go to the game. But if it was in a city, my mom wasn't interested in, we would go somewhere in Europe for like a little vacation. Like, so that's basically how my life was up until like middle school for the most part. That's a different lifestyle, man. Like you mentioned kind of the horseback riding. That's, that's not something that's really popular here, you know, as probably as widespread as it is in other countries, what goes into stuff like that? Like what is the sport of horseback riding? Like what is the, how do you score? How do you win? Like what is, Uh, what is the goal there? Question. So a lot of the verbiage, you can't, don't fault me on it because it was in Italian. So my English verbiage for it, I might not know it. Like, but I did more like the equestrian style horseback okay. riding. So I didn't do like racing. So I was little up and like, because there was a lot of older like adults too in our group. It would probably be like eight to 12 of us. So it would pretty much start off. If it was like a Saturday, I would get there early. I'm going to brush the horse. I'm going to feed the horse or like had a caretaker there or whatever. I'll go around with her, do like the whole up, up, up keeping of the horse. And then mm-hmm. you get on your horse. Obviously, you have your boots, your helmet. You know, you 
got terrains and stuff like that. You got to get the measurements of the saddle and all that stuff's correct. And then for the most part, our, our routine, when we would do, it would be like, we would line up. It would be like in a, kind of like at a, in this tent and it, it kind of was like circular. So you kind of start and you kind of just walk around, then you jog around, then you gallop around, like pick up your pace. And then you kind of do an Indian run where you're in line and the person in the back has mm. to jog around. And then the next person has to gallop, whatever she says or whatever. And then you get into your jumps. You do like one bar jumps and you do like two bar jumps and three bar jumps. So obviously the main point of it is to control the horse. So beyond like jumping and, you know, picking up pace and, you know, you have your whip obviously too. Um, it's like controlling them from being erratic. Right. So when you're mm. little, at least at the, the stable I was at, they give like the younger kids, the older horses, cause they have like a more calm spirit and stuff like that. Or like if there's a pony in the group, it might have little man syndrome. So if he ends up in the back, right, it's like the hardest horse to ride because he's going to kick you off because he's trying to get to the front so quick because his ego doesn't allow him. Or if you're on like a girl horse, right, and there's a guy horse behind you, you're playing a little defense, right? So it's all those personality characteristics of like, you know, taming the horse, right? So I see like a, like when they told me like Jokic, you know, rides horses and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's controlling real beasts over a course of a lot of time and now he has to go play basketball i'm sure it's as easy as possible that's what i was thinking man it's like i know you're you're a kind of a point guard you know what i mean like that sounds like playing point guard like controlling controlling the situations controlling egos characteristic manager like management like that kind of is is wild how you just brought up uh, Jokic and and I was thinking that same like train yeah. of thought. So when um when did you start to like specialize in basketball or or really start to like approach it like in a serious way? Uh, so it's a you know it's life, right? So I would say like from the beginning, like from the beginning, I mean I was attracted to it. You know, mm-hmm. I was born in in uh, like. February, my dad won a championship the next week, then he won another championship, you know? So like that energy has just kind of always been around me, like positive and negative, right? I've seen both sides. Yeah. Like, like an age, I don't know, two, right? Like I think uh, I'm in the front page of like the Greek paper because I have my mom had put like braid ponytails in my hair or whatever. And so I'm in the front page like, oh, Ken Barlow's son runs on the court, right? They thought I was a girl, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. it's always been around me. But, you know, the the as time went on, like the, the other interests I had, I always ended up getting like a bad coach or, or teacher. Mm. Like I loved piano, loved, like when they gave me the the girl horse and, and horseback riding, I quit, right? When I got this, <laughs> this piano that was just like, not understanding that I had took piano lessons like many years before I got to him. I just was like not feeling it. But basketball was a thing that, like I said before, just growing up with my mom, there's always like a uh, a connection there. Like we get to go in the locker room with my dad or we get to go to the practices and stuff like that. So just being around those men in those settings, I felt like just how they acted, you know, like because some players were good in practice. Some players are good in games. Some people try to show off. Some people show up to practice. I used to see like all that stuff. And I felt like my father is kind of like a man's man. Like I really never saw anyone. I felt like 
he didn't measure up with or more, right? I never felt like he was at a disadvantage, which I think as a kid is a pretty, you know. Yeah, it's cool. Sometimes. Yeah, so like just seeing him, how he handled himself in that room, I felt like I always felt like I should play with him, you know, and he should get some of these weak dudes off. The <laughs> that kind of lived inside of me, like for the most part until I got to the States. And I think Kobe speaks about it. And Kobe spoke like when he first moved to the States, he had like a decision to make where there was like just hone in on basketball or like try to get to know these people that come from a different culture, essentially. And I mean, I tried to get to know people and stuff. So my interest went all over the place and mm-hmm. then, you know, basketball kind of came like second, but I had, I had put in so much work up until probably age 12, 11, 12, that I didn't even have to, I, I, I swear, I didn't, I promise you, I didn't work at all in high school. Like, didn't do anything. <laughs> like, I promise you. I, like, I mean, I hooped. I, like, I mean, I went to games and stuff like yeah. that. I like to go to practice. Like, I wasn't a kid at practice. Like, oh, count the clock unless we were running or something. But, like, getting up early or, like, trying to find a fitness trainer or, like, all that kind of stuff. So, I took, like, probably, like, a good – and then Purdue, like, probably up until my sophomore year, I didn't do anything on my own and stuff like that either. So, like – I probably from like age from birth to probably age maybe 11, 12, I was locked in. Like if you want to spend the night at my house, you had to run laps in the morning, you know, mm. you know, so I was like that. But afterwards I was kind of off and then now I'm more like if you're not back really, locked in, I'm not really. That's, that's you know. fascinating, dude. That's yeah. fascinating. I mean, obviously you, were one of the top players in the state. You go to one of the best schools in the state. But I was an all-state in high school. You weren't an Indiana All-Star? No, dude. It was ridiculous. It was what? Ridiculous. <laughs> do you do you remember like some of the names? You yeah, you were the year after me, right? You were 09, right? I was 09. Yeah, yeah. Was so kidding. who like? <laughs> like I'll tell you bro. Because I'm like like I I swear I promise you, bro. Like people do not understand this, but I'm like very. I'm very specific. I know I come off a loop a lot, but I'm very, you know, I write every single thing I do down, dog. Yeah. um, Like in high school, bro, like, and this is no knock on any coach or anything, bro. I I don't know what what they saw. Maybe didn't see it. But I'm playing power forward, bro, on my high school team. And on AAU, I'm going 1-4 flat. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, at Cathedral, we had Eric Peck, who was a really good post-up player. Yeah. Patrick Polygraph was a phenomenal shooter. And our plays were mostly designed for shooters and post-up players, which I was just not the best at either one of those. So I ended up sort of being like the garbage man. I just out I, there. I averaged like seven points. But if Coach Painter pulled up or someone was talking trash, I would hit him for 30. But if not, I was going to get, like, two points a night for, like, Bro. Know, so, you know, <laughs> maybe, like, a, a core 40 workout for, like, the top 40 to see who's going to make the team. Bro, I must uh, I think – I can't remember. Jordan Holes was Mr. Basketball. Yep. Um, you had, like, Scotty Wood, Colt Ryan, DJ Bird, Eric Peck made it. Uh Steven Van Trees had the Oh, yeah. It. Yep. Um, 
You give me, I don't even know. Like, I don't even have one dude touch the league. You hear me? It's weak. I mean, it's weak, bro. For 40, dude, I was picking dudes off. I'm like, I was taking the ball from dudes at half court. You get me? And these are the dudes who made the team. So, I, I mean, I, but I wasn't really, I didn't try probably a hundredth of the amount they tried. They yeah. More effort than I did. But I was playing power forward, bro. So how how did how did Painter find you through AAU? Yeah, I, I would I would I would I would mm, I would imagine, bro. I really I don't know how it all happened to be honest. Like, I kind of I had like a team where we all had played since I sort of moved to the states together, and it was one of those things where we were all cool. You know what I'm saying? Like we were yeah. all cool. Would get like one or two new dudes each year. Like we had Mason Plumley on the team. We cut him. You get what I'm saying? Oh like, damn. You give me our team. I forgot like, he's from he's from Warsaw, isn't he? I forgot he about that. He was just nervous a little bit for a week or two, right? And yeah, so fast. But like everyone on my team, like I don't care what their rank was, but they were going to go at whoever was their matchup. So I don't. I, it wasn't that we were greedy, but we were all like pretty aggressive. So you play like eight, ten games a weekend, bro. Like I was going to play hard five two or three and that's if the coaches were on the sidelines you get me so like <laughs> i would get like all the numbers and like all the the coaches would hit me up you know and all my teammates would be after the game like oh i was killing them and i'm like but you kill at the game no one was even really <laughs> yeah so i kind of took that approach so i mean at the time i was real cautious you know and i i remember coach painter was like he was really I like how he texted. Like he wasn't saying like little weird stuff. I I just was never he was texting about things I was actually thinking about. So Yeah. He was cool. What are what are some of the other schools that you considered throughout that process? Probably Indiana and Xavier were probably the only two I really probably truly considered outside of Purdue. I was gotcha. probably desperate for a Notre Dame offer, but I had the worst <laughs> GPA at Cathedral up until senior year, you know. So <laughs> that was a so let's talk about Cathedral, right? That's kind of like a lot of people who, who might not know. It's, uh, it's an interesting school because it's a private school that has high academics, but also high athletic performance too. Like sometimes you get some of these private schools where it's an academic setting and sports come second. I would say at, at Cathedral, they're like pretty neck and neck. Like they're putting out state championships in football um, volleyball, high caliber basketball, a lot of NFL players coming from there, like a lot of good athletes like yourself coming from there. Like what, what was your experience at a high school like that? That's, that's, that's a great point. I, I mean, when you're in it, I think the curve to where it is now, like was happening kind of during like my years, a little bit like, you know, William Stubbs, bro. You remember yeah. William Stubbs? Yeah. Bro? Like, William yep. Stubbs, bro. Like, and I've been around some players, bro, like high level, NBA, yeah. high level, whatever, Olympians and stuff like that. To me, there's not a player who got more recognition for sport than William Stubbs. Bro. Stubbs, I, dude, that's crazy because he recently hit me up. He has a daughter who's like 11 or 12, and he's trying to get her some training. And I was just like, yeah. I remember that name. Like, dude was different. Like, really? stud. Yeah. So, like, he came, like, so my brother's two years older, so he was in Stubbs' grade. So, like, when I was in middle school, going to the school and, like, like just, like, being after school and everyone's waiting to get picked up, you know, it's, like, kind of a, an assembly after school. Yeah. 
cathedral, like everyone's like stubs, stubs, stubs. So I mean, going to the school, you felt like if I'm not like on something on sports, I just my social standing's just gonna be low. Like I felt like I had to be good at sports to like get a girl, bro. Like (laughs) like if I'm just like this may sound horrible, but this is the reality, dog. If I am like a black kid at cathedral, not good at sports, I just didn't have the confidence for that, bro. Yeah. You feel me? (laughs) I didn't have it, bro. I didn't have it. So you feel a sense like you gotta fit in somewhere on one of these teams, something, bro. Yeah. I can like, see that for sure. I could, I could definitely see that. It's a, it's a cool, like, like I used to never do my homework. You don't feel cool like not doing homework. You don't feel cool like not getting good grades. You don't. It's not a school where that's like that. Cool. Yeah, that's a you fact. Yeah, like it's not cool, bro. Like the the grading scale is just harder too. It's like a seventy below is an F. Really, right? Like, school seventy to C. So like. My numbers were lower at Cathedral, but my statistics kind of stayed the same as public school. You get me? But yeah, bro, like you feel like you had it, it, it makes you accountable. I would say it's a school where like it's cool to be accountable. 100%. What school would you have gone to if, if you didn't go to like a private school? Like what area were you living in at the time? Uh, I, I went to Carmel Middle School and then Creekside. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like West Carmel and then got you. And then I would have, yeah, I probably would have went to like, I don't know, somewhere in Indianapolis where my dad moved. And maybe it was LN, maybe, I think. Ooh, that would have been scary. That would have been scary. That would have been Carmel, 100%. You at Carmel or LN during that era would have been crazy because you would have probably got to play guard because they had so many legit bigs around that time. Exactly. So probably, but I mean, the lifestyle at Cathedral, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yeah. The basketball, like, I, like, basketball, like, I wasn't even like, I wasn't mad about it. Like, you get me? Like, yeah. I'm coming here, get my two points. I wasn't wasting my energy, you know? So I wasn't like mad about it. But I'm like, bro, it's going to be really hard for us to get out of sectional. Like, yeah. Putting the ball in the best dude's hands. Like, for much. sure. You know, so you end up going to Purdue. Um, had you guys had a squad like some some of the best Purdue teams that I've watched was during that era. Talk about just your your experience there, um, the highs, the lows, whatever comes to mind about about those three years at Purdue. Yeah, I mean, I tell people, especially professionally or like dudes I come across, like I feel like Purdue's kind of scarred me a bit in the sense that like. My first year there, like Jawan, Etwan, and Robbie all went. Robbie made the team, but they all went to like USA for the under 21 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so that summer, even before the coaches, because coaches really couldn't touch you back then in the summer. So it's just all like on yourself. We played open gym like every single day. And as Jawan, Etwan, and Robbie came back from their various times of getting cut or Robbie finishing it, and they implemented themselves into that open gym, I was just like, bruh, the level of, like, that competitiveness and focus and, like, trying to actually just win and, like, trying to actually be in the, like, hoop other than, like, do anything else. Like, that was the first priority, just, like, trying to win, like, stacking up Final Four. I felt like 
that was so strong, like so strong. I didn't feel like anyone doubted that we would win. Mm-hmm. That anything off the court, bro, felt like Christmas, bro. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you know, like no one. I I couldn't even tell you about anybody's personal business at Purdue on that team because we were just all about winning, bro. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. His nose, he could have, uh, he could have did, you know, really they could have did it all, but like no one really cared because we were just trying to get a dub, bro. And like, like I was all freshman team at like two, three points per game, bro. Right? Like, right? It's crazy. I was doing making winning plays, like, right? Like everyone was. So it wasn't about scoring. Some people scored, obviously, but it was like, I just felt like my freshman year, even, even my sophomore year, we had a little bit more drama with Robbie tearing his ACL. But mm-hmm. it was just just nice to be around people like trying to win. You get what I'm saying? So that's probably I don't know. Like everything that happened off the court, everything around that, I couldn't tell you really. I mean, I could. I could give you a story too. But like, <laughs> mentally, like you're just like, oh, these kids are coming on the court. Whoever shows up, we're going to beat them. Like, and you may lose, you may not, but you know, you're thinking I'm going to beat them. So that I would say. Above all, that's like what I feel about Purdue and stuff like that. Yeah. No, Purdue and IU are two schools that just have their own, like, I don't know. Like, when you get on campus, it's like, it's that city is the campus. You know what I'm saying? Like, like everything revolves around that. And especially at that time, Purdue basketball, IU basketball, same thing. But it's like. How did it feel like on campus in that era? Like you feel like you could just really just do whatever you want. Like yeah, they have this thing called like <laughs> oh, it's 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 both, bro. It's both. I'm not gonna lie. It's actually both. Like you live with a certain freedom and you live with a certain paranoia. I would say too. Mm. It's like I remember on my, you know, I'm I watch movies, bro. I read books. I'm really in fantasy land. Half yeah. I'm like, okay, you go to college, everyone likes you, girls like you. It's a it's a great thing socially, right? You just have a great badge that, you know, gets a certain type of service. Like on my visit, we went to some party room, and the, I swear I must have walked in the door. Like within 10 seconds, this girl comes up to me and goes, oh, do you play on the basketball team? I'm like still in high school. I'm like, ah, didn't even get my words <laughs> off. She goes, do you start? I'm like, no, she walks off. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, like, you don't, you, you gotta start. You can't even just be on that. <laughs> yeah. You gotta start. Like, you, they just won the Big Ten tournament the year before, bro. So, like, my whole freshman year, like, not my whole freshman year, at the beginning, like, the, the dude Coach Painter had put in the paper that I might register. So everyone's like, oh, you're about to register. So I'm like, I'm about to really be on the bench all year. Like, about to be weak, bro. <laughs> so I had this, like, you know, like I have to earn something. So you, so you live with, I have to earn something, but I also get something if I earn it. So it's like, you know, and then like Foley and all those guys went to Purdue freshman year. So we'd be like fifteen to eight deep minimum, like every. Right. It was like a cathedral party every time. (laughs) Hey, guys, taking a quick break from the show to give a special shout out and a thank you to the sponsor of today's episode, which is Vitruve. Now, if you've ever been in my gym, you train with me or you visited the gym, you see this attached to every single bar. Vitruve is the 
gold standard for VBT units, in my opinion. Accurate, reliable data. We're attaching it to every single lift that we do. We're getting bar speed metrics, power, force, range of motion. We're able to consolidate all that data, manage it, and then help our athletes get the most precise results possible. So again, Vitruv, second to none. I stand by it. They are a friend of the show, so they're letting you guys get 10% off of your orders by using the code GEMS, that's G-E-M-S, at Vitruv.fit. That's their website. I would encourage you to get on there, look at the products, look at the research that goes into their products, look at their product education. And if you like what you see, tap in, right? If you have any questions, tap in with me. I've been using Vitruv for years now, so I'm very well versed on how to implement this into a program. Again, 10% off with the code GEMS. And in my opinion, best VBT unit on the market from reliability, accuracy, customer support is A1. Their education on their product is A1. I cannot recommend them enough. Vitruv.fit, 10% off, code GEMS. Now back to the show. That's crazy, man. So um, you guys you guys had a good group there. And then... Uh, you transferred out. I think maybe a couple of people graduated. Robbie and those guys left. Uh, so you end up at UIC. Kind of what went into that decision? How did that year go leading up to ultimately you starting your pro career? Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, eye opening to say the least, right? So, I mean, because before I get kicked off the team, I feel like Sam, I was in the office, Sam Preston hits up Coach Painter, like, you hear me? I'm like, hell, dog, like, don't go to class, bro. Just work on your game. <laughs> West, I'm I'm looking at West Lafayette like prison when I heard yeah. like Pressy was on the phone. So I'm like, then I get kicked out of school the next week, bro. Right. So I'm like, my my I wasn't accurate on my ranking, really. And I'm a pretty honest guy about my ranking normally. I'm not like, right, that's how you make all freshman team at three point. You're pretty honest about who right. you are on the team. So I wasn't, I couldn't figure out what my ranking was, right? So, like, I, I wasn't really getting any calls from schools. My dad kept telling me to call UIC. He knew the coach over there. Da, da, da. I'm like, hell no, nah, man, I ain't calling UIC. <laughs> what am I? Am I? Is my ranking that low? No way. Like, no way, bro. So I'm, like, kind of holding it off. And then, like, nothing came for, like, until the summer. Nothing came, basically. Like, Division two schools were, like, really far schools like d1 bro and then like the schools that are like kind of halfway decent are like calling me and they're like are you an alcoholic coach painter and all that says you're an alcoholic so i'm like so i had to stop drinking and because i don't even know who i am at this point bro so i stopped drinking i stopped right but i still went to like parties and stuff and noticed like bro i don't even really like half these people if i'm sober bro you know yeah. stuff like that so then I started getting like aware of my ranking. Like, Kel, you're real low. Like, <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So I uh, <clears throat> end up calling the coach or whatever. Went on a visit. It was like my only D1 offer. I'm like, gotta take it, dog. Just gotta do it. And then, you know, from there, I was, I was pretty locked in for a good minute and stuff like that. And then it was just in Chicago, so many pros that mm -hmm. come gym like Derek Rose would be there every day like all these guys Mustafa Shakur he used to play at Arizona like it was just a lot of people that would be there I played Tony Allen's little brother every day one-on-one -on -one, bro like you know like he passed yeah. the same package like 
Tony Allen. So it was just so much pro stuff in the city of Chicago. This is around MVP D Rose. Like, so Chicago is like a real hotbed for basketball. It's like an Adidas city and stuff. Like, so it kind of pushed my mind back to like pro. Whereas in college at Purdue, you don't see really anything pro. So your mind's just like all invest, at least mine was, was all invested in Purdue more than yeah. pro, I would say after probably one, one, one or two months on campus. Like looking back at that whole situation, getting kicked off the team, getting kicked out of school, uh, was it multiple events? Was it one event? Or do you, and do you even kind of look at it now as maybe like a blessing in disguise because it gave you an opportunity to kind of get out of an environment that may have been hurting you and like kind of find a new way to do things? It's a great question. <laughs> I've, I've switched my thought process on that actually a few times. Like, oh, that was good for me. Oh, that was, you know. Yeah. Really, I mean, I think like however it played out, I think like, I knew it was coming, right? It's not like how I was living. Like, this is this this is how I was introducing myself to dudes on the Purdue team. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm your teammate. If you want to hang out with me, you can, but it's at your own fucking risk. You could ask any one of those dudes, like, from freshman, the first day I got there, bro. Like, you know, like, you know, like, right? Yeah. yeah I got there. This is what I'm saying to every last one of them. Hang out with me at your own risk, bro. So that's legit, like legitimately my mindset as well. So I knew what I was doing, like would eventually hit hit that point, right? But I don't know, like I think when I look at it and, you know, I think more my development comes from people asking me about it, right? Because, you know, especially like, the years like close after that, like if I was out somewhere at an event or something, like a person, especially if they're drunk or something, is going to hit me with it, right? Like, yeah. oh, pretty, like, like the first probably five years after that event, it's like pretty heavy. Like that's all everyone wants to talk about. And depending on the character of the person who brings it up, they're going to try to take a side with either Purdue, myself, or Matt Painter, right? Or my teammates or something like that. And just hearing those different perspectives that were like kind of biased and inaccurate or just kind of like just talking shit, you know, I realized like more than anything, like in a situation like that, no matter if the system's correct for me, not for me, if I'm doing this, that, like if I feel like I have the skill sets, if I have like the father, like I mentioned to, I felt like measured up man to man, like I got to be fucking accountable on every inch with yeah. these people, bro, because they won't let you live if you're anything short of it, right? Like, the Matt Painter would tell you, like, his thing with me, and this is, like, a business thing, I would say, right? When it comes to, like, true value. He's like, Kelly, I know you're going to lock dude up. I know you're going to I know you're going to do the job for me, right? But, like, if I call you a, out your name, or if I give you a million dollars, you may give me the same face, right? So it's that predictableness, right? So when mm -hmm. you have, like, bit of a unpredictable nature as far as like your expression like you have to dot all your i's and t's to the highest level because it's a little discomfort that you may give a person when they can't predict how you're going to react to a situation so that's a fact i would say that's like you know just from hearing other people ask me and them siding and then me like not knowing where i stood it made me just be like 
yeah, Kel, like whatever that experience was, it just comes down to walking in the door just more accountable than the AD at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Accountability, I mean, it's huge. And whether whether that's a good way to learn it or a hard way to learn it, you know, it, it, it helps you. And now, like when you talk about it, it sounds like you've got your your mind kind of wrapped around the situation and how you maybe would have approached it different if, you know, at the time being who you are now. But it's like it's good for it's, I think it's good for everybody to go through hard things. You know what I mean? Like everyone goes through some sort of hard. Yeah. Thing if you want to micro or macro it up or, you know, but white collar, blue collar it up, right? Like you're yep. going to go through something. You got to figure out what keeps you obviously going. The shit I get like fried on, like the sh- like me personally, like when it comes down to like, how do we like, I'm not saying like Coach Payne did a bad or anybody like whoever dealt with me or whatever. I'm not saying we did bad or good thing, but like when you're trying to like figure out how to work or work with someone, right? Like I was talking to each one more the other day, right? Each one, like this is like, I love this guy, right? We were at dinner, like, this time last year, bro. And I was like, bro, he was like, I said something about, like, Europe or something. He thought I lived there until I was, like, two and then came over. You know what I'm saying? So people, like, you can understand just through over a course of time, like, I actually grew up in Europe, bro. Like, right? So if you would have looked at me like a foreign exchange student, some of my behaviors might come off a little bit more understanding for you yeah so like personally like i probably had the best relationship with coach painter right even though all these sort of things happen but it's kind of like it's hard to understand where we're coming from regardless of what's going on fully like coach painter doubled down on me bro he, he, i was in his office he's like ah everyone's saying i should kick you off but if you if you kill it i'm the man yeah, yeah. so like, I can't say, like, the times would change anything. It's just those, because I get to this intimate point with people, bro. It's not like, the, like yeah. it's not the same as everyone else. So, like, when it's intimate, people want to feel like they understand and they make decisions like that, I would say, is, like, where my gray area or where my disconnect may occur with someone. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy, man, like, just how – how it is a different landscape now. So it, it's hypothetical, but it's, it's weird because back then, like when stuff is publicized so much about one individual, it was kind of like a little bit, um, you know, uncommon at the time. Now yeah, everybody came. has that individual coverage yeah. in the media. Um, well, Twitter just came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First we knew who was trending, you know, bro, we Twitter, <laughs> Twitter back then was crazy too, by the way. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, dude, that's because you didn't think parents were on there, right? Bro, Twitter was like a big ass like chat room. Like, it was like real time live tweeting everything. Yeah, like on the bus, checking out, whatever. Like, you know, you you really tell people what you're really on. Like, you know what I mean? 100%. I mean, like, even if you go look at the old Facebook walls, bro. Oh man, like, bad, bro. There's not, there's not a there's not a social media app that trumps Facebook before parents, bro. A thousand percent, bro. That yeah. was those unreal vibes back in the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> I looked at that probably one board day in Europe or Europe this past year. I was like, 
bro, I like, you know, it's just, oh, no. It's a, yeah, you're definitely right about the the media con. But now you have, like, cancel culture. Like, if you say, like, yeah. kind of on the fringe of, like, you know, because I, I had friends from every race, you know, we all hung out with each other. We had friends from rich neighborhoods, poor neighborhoods, black, mm-hmm. white, Jewish, Christian, whatever. We all hung out. So, like, when it came to, like, sensitivity jokes about the person everything's getting thrown out you get what i'm saying so like yeah like you get criticized for like man just yeah it's it's tough i mean i was watching a stand-up the other day like i was i I love comedy like i love comedy and that's like kind of like my thing like i'll watch a stand-up or i like to go to a stand-up and i like the jokes that tell the line you know what I mean? Yeah, on any topic, any topic, like anything, like I, anything is on on deck for me because it's like I know that it's comedy and I know that it's an art to it. I just like comedy because I think some of that stuff can actually bring people together because some of it is is, you know, a little bit of truth in some of these jokes. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's good is, stuff. The thing is, here's the problem. We have like this. You know, you get everything so quick, like your information, right? Whether it's real or fake, I don't know, right? But your information, your feed, everything that you get on your phone, and most things that we get from uh, is 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 quick. So people nowadays, when they see this stuff and everything, they want to make a comment and all this kind of stuff. Like everyone is trying to get an advantage without working for it. You know? Yeah, so yeah. Some angle of judgment, and it's like, bro, like. Why do we all have this judgment? Oh, all of our heads aren't down and we're all not fucking working. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like everyone's yeah. just looking at shit. Like when I'm not, I don't know what era it was. I'm not saying it even existed, but if we would all like, right, when you put your head down and work, you don't even know what's going on with like, if it was racist or not, because that has nothing to do with you're going to get a yeah. on your work. You know, you want to get a result here, dog. So, dude, that's, yeah. That's what it looks like to me. I'm like, bro, these people are just like, no one's working anymore, man. No one's that's working. a fact. So I want to talk about I want to talk about your, your your jump into the pros. You come out, you play in the uh, the D League at the time, G League now. Bounce around Europe. You're a vet now. You're you're at this point. You're you're ten plus years in. Um, you know, talk about just kind of like some of your stops along the way, and kind of where where you're at now, and and what your next steps are as far as like getting back on that court. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been pretty interesting, actually. I, I'm still trying to figure it out as well. You know, I don't feel I feel like I'm still. I like I like I like my car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, oh no, right? Yeah. Like, summer, bro. Like this summer, this is like the first year I really went and played, and I was I was probably seventy percent, but I really went and played like in indie and like mm-hmm. around like summer ball and stuff. And I might have shot for the summer, like I don't. Let's not count the TBT, but even there, probably I probably shot. I had to shoot like 10 for a hundred, bro. That's not great. <laughs> like, bro, and they're guarding me every time. I'm like, bro, can I get an inch? I haven't made a shot since last week. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What's going on out here? 
I thought you don't guard the dude who misses every shot. What is going on, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's how, that's how I'm feeling, bro. Like, I got to take it. Like, bro, I got to take it. I'm bringing my little kid to the game. He don't know what's going on, bro. You know, like, I just feel like, man, I'm losing every time. But I'm like, I'm looking at it like I play with Jay Nivey. Like I told you, I feel <laughs> Jay Nivey's like the golden, golden boy, bro. Like, you get me? But playing with him, like, I promise you, I felt like he was better than every single person on the court just because how he moved. But mm-hmm. I never felt like I was going to win the game with this guy. You feel me? So I'm like, Kel, if you just get your body with what you have, you you know, yeah. I think you can play on any stage because your mind and something you're doing on this court is attracting the defense. You know you suck. They don't know it quite yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're, I know I suck, bro. It's not like you feel me. I know my shit's not working right right now. I don't know, but I'm like they can't even figure it out. The game, no one left to think, and I'm I'm learning more than anybody in the gym, bro. So like, you know, so like where I am now after that, I, I like my car. I just had to you know restore it a bit, but yeah, so the G League was pretty interesting. I mean, we had a coach. His name is Otis Smith. Um, he was the ex-GM of the Magic. So it's, I would say this is an outlier of a situation. And on our team, I think of the 12 who made the roster, nine or nine of them had NBA experience and were pretty young. Like, or like, or if they're older, it was like a Hashim the Beat, right? Like mm, mm-hmm. um, Ben Hansborough, Lorenzo Brown, who just is like first team all year league now, but he played with Toronto and Detroit. Um, Willie Reed played with the Heat and the Clippers. Uh, who else we had on that team? Adonis Thomas. He had got a couple of 10 days with the Magic and maybe Philly. Robert Covington was there for like a week. Robert Covington, dog. Oh, my God. He yeah. Was like a week. And so he came. We had one preseason game, bro. He shot. I swear to God. He shot one for 12, bro, and got called up that night. And guess what I thought? <laughs> He deserved it because <laughs> he looked better, bro. He just looked better. His shit was off that night, but he just looked like if he was doing pick and pops, if he caught it and you were two feet off him, he was firing it. Cashing, yeah. If, if you closed out. So just playing around those guys, and it was like, it, bro, like the, the GM was – I met the coach. He was like this. Listen, guys, you know, I used to be the GM of the Magic. You know, he's pulling up in Bentleys and rolls to the T-League, right? So he's like <laughs> – He's like, I don't know any of you guys. You know, I know the guys who played in the NBA. If you haven't touched the NBA, you didn't even look up your film. So you're going to have to figure this thing out. So I'm like, all right, Kel, like, you know, training camp, get in there, just, you know, do your thing. Bro, I'm getting no reps, bro. No reps, right? So I'm like, all right, Kel, the only way you can do something is you got to line these dudes up after after practice and training camp in one on one, bro. So that's yeah. like, the team just playing dudes one-on-one Damn. right like literally and then like i wasn't i wasn't even dressing at the beginning of the season wasn't dressing like i'm like i think my career is ending before it started it's <laughs> they got me at the two guard now i thought i was a point it's just like i don't even know how to think it through you get what i mean so yeah somehow i go out the night before the game so i don't think i'm dressing with ben Hansborough. like bro this is back when i was drinking bro i was I felt it all the way to the next day. Somehow I'm on the roster of the game. 
They throw me in the game. I, I promise you, I'm not even there, bro. I swear I wasn't there, man. Because I hit four threes in the quarter. It gave me an extent of my life, bro. They thought I was Ray Allen, dog. Which <laughs> was good, right? It extended my life. But now they think I'm just a shooter, bro. So all this, you know, control the pace of the game, how I, like, am grooming myself to play is, like, out the window. They just want me catching it, you know? So so then that literally changed the trajectory of my career. I became a two. You feel me? Nonsense, dog. Like just bro. I swear. Had no idea how they went in. So after that, I was like a two. But I really didn't get any playing time and time was ticking. I didn't know what to do, bro. So ultimately I had the GM of the G League team pick me up every morning, like two hours before practice, and I'll just lift and shoot and be there before everyone on the team. And then, like, what motivated me, there's this guy, Chris Quinn. He's assistant coach of the Miami Heat. Mm. And we were at the G League Showcase. Everyone who's everyone's there, you know, and everyone's kind of wearing their collar a little whatever. And I'm, I've known Chris, like, from, like, Notre Dame camp. My dad went there and shit. So he's in the gym at 6 a.m. I'm in the gym at 6 a.m. lifting, right? And I'm like, oh, what's up, Chris? Remember me? I'm Ken Sun, da, da, da. And I swear to God, he was kind of on that with me, like, like basically, like, you're not of the caliber, I, you know, like to really. Oh, have wow. Like, he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't. If I would have been a higher caliber, he would have addressed me a little bit better. Like, no, just like he can do whatever he wants. Like, but I felt that I was like, I respect that. So, like, after that, I was just like every morning I'm up and I'm just trying to. And so I felt that once I did that, I learned, like, if you do the work and like the shit just sort of clicks. But I never knew how I was doing anything good or bad. I just felt like. If I get up early, if I do something like that, it'll just work in the game. I didn't know, like, probably for the first few years of my career, like, details of anything. I was just like, if I just outwork you, yeah. my abilities, like, I'm just going to look at you as a man. Like, bro, you didn't, you like. like <laughs> you didn't do your homework. Yeah, like, if you come in here <laughs> and complain one time about anything and you got here two hours after me, I'm like, the only reason you're complaining is because you're just waking up. So, like, just, like, that is, like, from there, and then I went to, like, France, Greece, like, those next years, those three years, like, that, that was, like, my approach when I was sharp. I was just, like, if it had nothing to do with what your game was, I couldn't tell you what any of these guys' game was, really, because I wasn't watching film at that point like that. I would just look at, like, personal things, like, mm-hmm. like, qualitative things more than, like, what the person can actually do on the court, you know, so, like, getting up early and stuff, and then... I ended up getting cut probably when I was like 27, 26, bro. And that kind of turned me a little bit, right? Because I got cut for like physical ability, bro. And I didn't think I was worse than anybody, but I personally didn't. I couldn't, like I was talking about this summer, like I couldn't function, bro. Like, and it was a mental problem. It wasn't a physical problem. It was like a mental problem. So I'm like, I don't, bro. I just like, you know, the ball came to me one game, three seconds on the clock, dream moment. Didn't shoot it, bro. You give me, I'm not even mm. in there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you can cut me because I'm not performing well. And I can look at my team and say I'm better than all those guys. But I'm honest enough to say that, like, this car is just not working. So from there, like, I try to, like, do so much things to, like, get my emotions checked. That's when I started writing and stuff because I'm like, man, like, being, like, because my team that year was so gossipy. Like, being in the locker room on the bus, end up engaging in gossip. So mm. it's like, 
writing helped me like give me something like on the bus and the like bro when i went to argentina on the bus before the game damn near up until the horn went off i'm just writing bro and it would just keep my brain so focused on like the story i wanted to create for myself that it just it was like a real focus for me you could say i was distracted like i was doing something other than basketball but it just like <clears throat> i feel like when you're not on those winning like winning winning like we're for sure gonna win or like if you're not and it's a business so there's money involved anyway it's not college right like there's just so much negative gossip and complaints bro and i just i just that shit absorbs me you know so yeah it's really what keeps me off from that kind of stuff so i went through that phase where i really got my mind in order to like kill and i sort of figured it out and then I hurt my body a little bit with my shoulder. I remember when I was texting you, like, what was that, 2021, I believe. It yeah, was. yeah. Yeah. And and there, actually, what happened was, bro, I was filming a movie. I was writing some books, doing all this shit, like, for my team or whatever. trying to Because, like, you know, in my head, I don't want to make the jersey make me. So if it's a low-level team, I'm like, I got to do something to make this elite. So like, yeah. Uh, 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 a camera girl or whatever and so she filmed a movie for us right and so you're doing all this extra shit other than basketball which is a tough accountability responsibility thing I look up bro we got like two games left they tell me if we don't win right this next game we're not going to the playoffs so I'm like Kel you just filmed a movie did all this fucking rank the league made myself the number one player in the league right I'm like and the way I ranked them, because it was the COVID year, everyone was living in the same city in the capital. So I went to all their hotels and the people who are ranked, I put like a T-shirt with my design on it and an envelope with their ranking and the link to my website and gifted it to them at their team dinners. So like if you're on, you know, your team, right, you get three dudes get it that are ranked. And so <laughs> culture was in the league when, when dudes pull up to the game, they're like, Oh, I'm gonna prove to you I should be ranked or ranked higher, bro. Dudes are on. Yeah. But then I look up and I'm like, oh, I'm not even on a playoff team. Oh shit, I gotta <laughs> win. So this that game, I was like, focus, bro. I woke up at 4 a.m. somehow. I had to go to the doctor, do all this shit. My shoulder was killing. I'm like, Kel, if you play, you're probably gonna tear your shoulder, dog. But if you lose, you got all this shit with this movie, all this shit, bro. You're really a clown if you don't win. <laughs> I just, I felt, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people like they do all this extra stuff, but and it's like you weren't focused on the thing you're supposed yeah. to be there for. Yeah, dudes. I looked up. I'm like, and like it was this team that had a really good four, and our four always got like it was a dude who could post up. Those were the only games we were losing, so I was like, shit. So I ended up scoring like 48 that game, but then I was hurt ever until now. Basically, I've been mm -hmm. hurt. Ever and so, so then, so, so basically what I'm saying is I went through this period of having great, I would say physical tools, right. But I couldn't control my emotion and mind. And then I figured out my mind and pretty much a good routine for my body. Then I crashed my car. So then we had to basically over the last couple of years, like restore the body. And it's not that I, I would say I went and just fixed up my car and went and back on the track. I would say like, when you're hurt, sometimes you don't know how hurt you are. And then yeah. you try to go back out there out of desire to play. And then the next thing's tight. And then you're like, hold up, I'm kind of off-centered. Why is my shot not even, you know? And you went through all that stuff. So 
like I said before, I've gotten to this point where I went and I would say I saw the competition, like Adarius Adams, man, like this guy, man, like, oh my God, like he shows up every single, have you never, have you seen him not show up? Bro? I've never seen him not want to play basketball. Like he is a hooper hooper. Like if there's a run game, practice, drill, workout, whatever. If it involves a basketball, he'll be there. Like, and he's going to show up, though. Like, yeah. He's not like fake, like. No, he, he goes. Going at you, like. He's going for 50 as many times as possible. Yeah. So, like, just seeing, like, him at his age, right, yep. like, gives me a lot of confidence to be, like, if, you know, it's not, like, I'm, like, if he's moving like that, Whatever they say about age, yeah, he's LeBron and guys like that. Not to be like you know, but there's a there's something in the world that I can even fix my body, bro. And Mm -hmm. I just believed in it, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, and I was like, none of these dudes I felt mentally were better than me because they they couldn't figure out that I sucked until the the game was. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, all right, Kel. I think what you've learned is you have a really strong mind. You can present yourself to. Prepare yourself. Like right at the TBT, dudes on my team came to the game, bro. They're playing for a fucking million dollars, bro. I don't go fuck, bro. Like none of you guys have touched that. You hear what I'm saying? Like you haven't, right? So, like, and then everyone has this. What would I do if I had a million dollars in my pocket, right? Five, right? Everyone has that. Like you play or not, right? Every yeah. human that little fucking. Well, I would do this. I would. I would. You know. And it's like. You're coming to a game that could get you and your team a million dollars and you're showing up 20 minutes before the motherfucker, bro. So I liked my preparation above the competition as well. Do you get what I'm saying? Also, body's just fucked up, Kel. Like, and you have to be honest exactly what it is. Not what these doctors tell you it is that basically got you on an hour clock until the next dude comes in aren't really always looking at it, you know, because it's tough. It's a business for the doctors too, bro. They're not really like, fully hooking you up, bro. They have yeah. you on a clock, bro. They need you to come back because they have dead seasons and, you know, healthy seasons. So I was like, you have to tell yourself what you need to do. And then when I started doing that, my body's just been feeling good. So obviously I have to get, my body is probably like 95, 97, I would say. Like an actual 95, 97. That's legit. That's you legit ever played a season at 95 (laughs) you know but then i think the next thing because i haven't played at that rhythm like you know on on stage or whatever i mean i've had some highlights i've had some good games you know but like darius adams consistency i wouldn't say i've had that for my caliber of talent so Mm -hmm. the next thing from a business standpoint is probably putting myself in demand which is you know, regardless of what my talent it is, it's, you know, I'm not saying, oh, politics are against me, but I have to put myself in demand. Like, yeah. Where I want to play. Because some of these courts, dog, you can't just play anywhere. That's a fact. Yeah. I want to talk about your writing. You mentioned it. Uh, I want to talk about your books, kind of your your cartoon characters, like the rankings, like the, those are cool. Like, what, how did that start? Do you draw those? Do you, like, What's the concept there? What's that all about? Um, so it's uh, a great question. The writing started like from heartbreak, you know, like mm-hmm. and so in my head, I was like, like I got cut. I was like, Kel, why'd you get cut? 
Are you better? Yes. I went through the list of like, what do you need to do to improve? And so like, I was like, well, you couldn't figure out to be like motivated. You couldn't figure out to vibe. Like I had all these vibe issues. Like that was bothering me. That was bothering me. And so um, I was like, I need something to give me outside of thinking about, because like if you're on a team and you think about basketball, right. And you don't like the teammates, it just goes nowhere positive half the time. If you're not really very, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it, but so I was just sitting there, sitting there. And then I think a girl had upset me. I felt like I was doing a lot for her, And I just wanted to tell her something. And I was up from jet lag. And I was like, oh, I can write like a, a book about that. And then I started, I was like, Kel, yeah, you don't even have the answer to that. So you can't be the guy who writes it. So then I thought of something I kind of had like an answer to. So I was like, oh, shit, I can write like a basketball version of Entourage, right? Where there's this little character, he's got like his crew around him, his boy, and he goes through things like Entourage with like how they do with his movie roles, yep. but basketball roles and then the off the court stuff with that. And I thought if I tapped into, you know, I feel like in America, a lot of the sports is what you do on the court and a little bit of like how you're endorsed and where your fucking name and face pops up to put into the masses. I felt like that could level up my rank and I could, you know, kind of people could see me in a different light, you know, just from this, like what I think a player should look like. And then my player is going to probably be more similar to this character I create. And so that was kind of what stemmed it. And then I feel like it just motivates me. So when I come up with these characters and these stories and all this stuff, I do some stuff that's like very, very far removed from like our world, like a lot of science fiction and things. Mm-hmm stuff like that but the the nature of the tone or the personality of it like all has a sort of theme that like you know i would like to see in our world obviously you know so like um like with the like our comics you know like the the comics we're doing with the art and the story now i feel like it sort of tells the story of actually where the player is going to actually go you know, so the first mm-hmm. one told sort of what happened this past summer in a way. And then the next one's going to tell you exactly where we're going next. And maybe it comes out before it even happens. Right. So I feel like if you hit on both of those. Right. And take control of both the imaginative story you have in your head. It helps keep the track alive. And then it keeps you like inspired by yourself and not like all the outside stories. It's more That's what's up outside (laughs) yeah no i like that i like that man i like that so uh before i let you go i always like to do like a hot seat just a little rapid fire q a some random questions some about basketball some about life okay all right let's go right off the bat where did the name stomby come from how did that what's the meaning behind that Uh, that's a good question um so i was living in in, in this town called Montecatini. It's like <clears throat> probably 30, 40 minutes outside of Florence in Tuscany, in Italy. That's like where all the good Italian, that's where, you know, not the water side of Italy, but when you think of like countryside of Italy, like stereotypical, that's that area. So we're living in this area. And like I mentioned before, um, when my dad went and played somewhere that my mom wasn't interested in going, we would go to like other places around to, this sort of vacation, stay there for a weekend or a day, quick trip, whatever. 
And so my mom ended up becoming friends with one of my brother's classmates' mothers. And she knew of like all, like a lot of the hot spots in Italy that weren't like advertised and stuff like that. So there's this other place, I believe it's in Tuscany, not too far away. Uh, it's this town called Luca. And Luca has this wall, kind of like the Great Wall of China, but much, much smaller, but the same concept of a wall that, you know, protects the town, right? And you can walk on top of it. It's like a tourist attraction for this town in Luca. So we went there and on the wall, like, you know, there's traffic of people walking both directions and stuff, but they have like these little cement, little humps that come up from the ground, like center blocks sort of things, you know, that you play little frogger and, you know, like you do like when you're a kid, like play lava and stuff with all that kind of stuff. So I was just like jumping over all of them, like kind of climbing on this wall. Right. So my brother's, classmate's mom, the lady who took us there, was like, oh my God, it's, you know, same on stun, it's same on stun beckle. So I'm like, what is that? And so basically in Italian, like a stun is like this goat, right? And like the mountains, you ever see those videos, those mountain goats that climb those really steep walls, like those wheels? I actually have. So those ones that climb like the near, those are those are alpine abexes in, in our language. So it's like a mountain goat, basically. The, the the huge horns or whatever and yeah climb the wall so we're on a wall and i'm jumping around it and so she, in her head she's like oh you're like one of those little goats who jump around the wall you feel what i'm saying yeah oh so that that's like where the name comes from we're on a wall interesting i was like, I was like six seven you get me so she's like, that's dope yeah, but, you know so i gotta i gotta make them possible climb dog you know? that's so dope like, i like that that kind of lives with me I like that. All right, what's your what's your go to basketball shoe? Mm. Uh, right now, I'm playing in the Westbrooks, these lime green Westbrooks. But I think the I think it's the KD tens, nine tens are like probably the I haven't come across them. They're like they're they're tr- they're trying to drive me on goat form. So yeah. Not- there, you know, they're clowning on that, but I used to have a hookup on that. I'll say the KD 10 is probably, I think it's the KD 10 or nine is probably my favorite one. What's your favorite country you've, you've ever played in so far? Uh, uh, probably Greece. My dad's famous there. So like, the people kind of like, so when we turn up, we turn up. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm from there. I'll say Greece by far, bro. Like, oh, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's those people, like, because, you know, they're, it's such an old country that they're now their language is so gutter. You know, like, mm. oh, what's up, bro? It's basically like, what's up, asshole? You know, their language is more. Got like, you. You get me? They don't speak eloquently there. So, like, yeah. everything is kind of like, you know, what it is to them is really not fully what it is to me. So when yeah. you see the spirit turn up, it, it kind of turns me up. But Argentina was like, I don't know, like that Argentina like, uh, turned me up too. Because I don't know, Argentina turned me, turns me up too. I like Argentina. that. I like. That. What's your What's your favorite restaurant in Indy? I don't go out to eat in Indy. Oh, but probably Boca. Probably Boca. Boca? Oh, that's good. That's actually not bad. That's the Italian place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Okay, that's a that's a little hidden gem right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a hidden gem. All right, let's go. Um, Mount Rushmore. So, top four favorite NBA players doesn't have to be the best, but your Mount Rushmore. My Mount Rushmore. I got Larry Bird on there, one hundred percent. That's a fact. I just, I just, I was working out with the Pacers one time, like before training camp, right? So this is like, cause I'm, I'm more into what the players thinking about than like, yeah, how he plays, like, right? Like, I remember we were playing, and I was off one game, right? And and Paul was on the team. This is a while ago, bro. Larry was there, like Paul, shoot it every time. Like, don't pass it to these weak ass niggas, right? I was like, you got him on the team, Larry. You feel me? But he's yeah. like, no, weak. Like, you get yeah. it? I'm like, I just like that, bro. I like, I just, I just, I just like the simplicity in that because, you know, being in an NBA room, you think it's this complex game. You got to give it to B and give it to C. And it's like, yep. yo, Paul is way better than these dudes. Come down. Like, these dudes don't even know how to one, two into their shot. And shoot it every time, dog. You know, so yep. I like Larry Bird in my NBA. Iverson's on there just because of, you know, I feel like if you're my age. Yeah, he's a legend. Make you feel something. Even though I don't think Iverson was ultimately all that good and considered like top, I guess, 20. I, I don't have him there. But Iverson, I got, I got, I got Bird over Braun, obviously. You get me a small photo. Let's not get it twisted. Jordan's on there. Yeah, so that's that's all. That's everyone, right? Bird, Iverson, Jordan. Who else? There's four on the – Who's the fourth? Yeah, who's the fourth one? Who's, who's, who's Stone Cold, bro? Like, who's Stone Cold, man? I'll probably, if I'm honest, bro, if I'm going to be – Honest, I gotta give it to Luka Doncic, dog. Ooh, that's a that's a good fourth one. That's a good fourth one. He's tough. I had like I had I have to give it to him, dude. I have to him. He's saying he was he was that shoot around coming into our. We share the same arena as his team, and they're about to play the team we share the arena with. And so we were coming in for practice. He was on Real Madrid. They're just coming out for. Uh, shoot around so he's doing that shit you see him on tv taking those shots from all over yep. right and i like dudes who have that free spirit and aren't real like you know it's a game like yeah you, know, like, you can play play so he's like doing all that all his teammates are a bit older and they're all like come on luca vamos like let's get the fuck out yeah he was probably like three quarter court from the rim right launches it cash like and it looked like he knew it was going in before he made it, bro. He looked he looked at all those dudes and was like, "Hey, how about you guys like shut the f, <laughs> up, take your old asses and ice or something, dog?" Like, yeah. Bro. So I was like, if a dude like that at that age, just no problem talks to adults with what he's putting up. Yeah, he's serious business. Yeah, bro. you know, I like serious. that. Yeah, he's serious business. You know. Yeah, I got Luca. I'm sorry. I, I mean, right? Like, I don't know. He's up there. Everyone who's older than him, but I actually like a lot of the young. Like, I feel if I watch high school basketball, like if I watch a high school player, it it 
it gives me a better flow for a game than if I watch like a pro player. There's a certain freedom with the yeah, player. yeah, the freedom. Some of it's like a little bit of ignorance, but it's also like because when you fail, they don't, they don't, you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. I like, I like that. I got Luca, Jordan, Iverson, and uh, and Bird. And Bird. That's a good. I mean, that's a good four. And it's it's your favorite. You know what I mean? So it's like that's nobody can oh, nobody can take that from you. You could put Maravich. Pistol Pete as the yeah. as the sub. Yeah. Tough. What's your um? What's your all time favorite movie? I know you're a movie guy. What's What's your like? Just your all time favorite. Probably I like. All time. Man. There's a few, but probably Porco Rosso. Probably Porco Rosso. You seen it? I actually have not. Uh, it's like anime, bro. It's ah, uh, dude. Oh, it's cold, bro. <laughs> I gotta watch it. This, this dude, he's a pig, but he's a pilot. And he just is a pilot and like when he's called to the scene, it's supposed to be a dub. So he's like, he just has like this charisma. He's not really worried about any, like, you know, he's a pig, right? So he's not like this attractive guy, but he has right. this charisma that like people just, you know, like. And he's, I don't know, probably, probably that. I like that new Spider Man that came out this year. That was fire. That was a great ass movie bro like like a few days ago (sighs) that is soundtrack's crazy too soundtrack's crazy storylines crazy all the spider-mans leading up to it are insane like i've been i've been getting into that the more my kids get into it i'm like these are some really fucking good movies bro like i have to ask you a question though what's up this is this is this is how i feel about you bro because obviously, I, I, I met you in high school through like the Foley's and all those guys, right? Yeah. Like, I always felt like you kind of like, I don't know, bro. Because there's just so many people that crossed my path at that age. But I felt like you kind of, st- you're like you're a rememberable person. You get what I mean by that? Like, yeah. You know, especially like in high school, there's so many people doing the same of everything. Like three yep. people are really one guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I felt like you were your only guy. And then I remember running into you with uh, Rainer at that gym on uh, when you were fishing. You oh my god! Yeah. Yes, Dude, I, I do. Because I was I was with Rainer. Rainer was rebounding for me like every day before I went to summer league with the Pistons, right? And so Rainer was like, "Let's go check out this gym." Justin's got this gym. I'm like Justin, the chill. I'm like, I know him. I'm like, I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't know if you knew me, but I came in there and you, and you remembered me or whatever. Yes, and like. Whatever you're like, what have you been up to? I'm like, bro, I'm about to go to summer league with the Pistons and shit like that, you know. And and then you had that gym, like I just started this gym, da, da, da. and then like the next week or something, you had like Lance Stevenson and stuff like that. <laughs> and I was like, shit, this is the basketball trainer guy right here, dog. So yeah, like, that's crazy, you know. And then bro, like after that, I just had my eye on it. I was like, man, this dude's shit's growing like crazy. So I was like, I remember just Rainer took me there, and I was like, damn, that's crazy. I Bro, I I remember that. That was that was like probably 2013, 2014, wouldn't it have been? Maybe 2015. 20 that was yeah, I actually remember that and I don't 2015. I don't even know how I know Rainer. Yeah, sure. I do I don't even know. Like I I 
bro, life is crazy, man. Look yeah. at <laughs> life yeah, is crazy. Yeah, I was like, damn, bro. Then it was just like, I don't know. That kind of, I don't know. It kind of motivated me. You know what I'm saying? Just because I felt like when I got to that gym that you're at, it was like. I think it was in the morning too. So it wasn't like I was looking, I wasn't in the space of thinking about like what someone's clients is or something, but it was more like, yeah. So my age, you know, it's got like, it's taking the path of being like an actual trainer. You know what I mean? Like I felt like everyone beforehand that I had sort of came across was a little bit for the most part older, like yeah. military vibe, you know, or super. Yeah. Goldberg style and I had came across like another young guy who was with the bull so I'm like man like Justin's taking that young approach to do it now yeah. so was, it's crazy yeah yeah that shit was dope last last question here um the people want to know they want to know what's the inspiration behind the greatest hair <laughs> in the sport of basketball the hair Yep, what's the inspiration? Because I love it, and everybody who I told that I was having you on was like, we want to know the story, like the backstory about, you know, just the style, the the like how, what made you wake up and be like, yo, I'm about to kill him with this shit today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal. So I used to be like a real like haircut guy growing up. Like my mom made sure I had a haircut every time. And then, like, Iverson, bro, I wanted braids, bro. I wanted braids. Never got them. Mom was like, we're in the suburbs, dog. It's not. (laughs) You're not going to be him, right? This is at a time where braids were just like this right? So I'm like, okay. So then, I don't know. I just, I felt like no one at Cathedral noticed the difference if a guy had. Oh, right, real, like, right, real. I'm not gonna keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I just didn't feel it, bro. Maybe it existed at, at Purdue. I didn't feel it, bro. I was like, whatever shoes, whatever hair I got going on, it don't matter, bro. You feel good? So that that kind of became my identity a little bit, which I'm not the proudest of, but whatever, you know, because my mom did raise someone to keep themselves together, and I was just like, it doesn't, it's not getting me anything, mom, like, yeah. (laughs) That's like my natural feeling behind hair, so actually, when I started, like, grooming myself back again better, I'm like, oh, shit, I think I'm kind of, like, balding, bro. I think I'm balding a little bit. My whole (laughs) life was going back. It's just, like, man, I got a few cuts left, dog, like, what can I do here, right? What can I do here? So I'm like, I don't know. And the first time it was like COVID. So I, I was like, cool. I don't have to go to a barber anyway because of COVID, it's like understandable, right? This guy, yep. oh, COVID, I don't want my hair good, right? But really for me, you know? So as COVID progressed, my hair, my beard started getting crazy. And I'm like, all right, Kelly, you can't go play with this shit. You got to do something good. So I was just looking up styles and this like black soccer player had it. And I was like, okay, that's gonna that's a good haircut because if I get the hair, the afro I had, I was like, if I if I push it forward, that's gonna make my hairline cover. It's gonna cover my hairline, bro. Like, you feel what I'm saying? <laughs> it's gonna cover my hairline so quick, bro. Like, it's a I'm gonna be chilling, bro. And then I get to flick it around. Like, I don't care, right? Because if I cut it, like. 
if I cut it low, like a, a good classic cut, bro, I'm not going to have a solid hairline, bro. So yep. in the face of a guy who has a nice, chill, even all around low cut, a nice, honorable haircut that no one can judge you for, right? I have balding spots here, dog. So it's not going to really help my case. So I was like, I can bring the hair forward and it helps you with your uh, with your hairline. That's, that's, that's really it. Like, I know, love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm you a know, fan. Everyone, everyone tries to roast me, but I'm like, look, if I do something like more normal, like like Darius came up to me, he's like, get braids. I'm like, bro, my braids, like, it's not going to be the same as you, bro. <laughs> and then I have like a bald spot from birth that's like already there, bro. So I'm like, hell no, nah, bro. So that's, that's what people say like, oh, it's out there. I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to save my hairline without having to go bro. One of those countries right now. I ain't even mad at you, man. I love it. I, I love it. I appreciate you jumping on here with me, man. Let the uh let the people know where they can find you on social media. Oh, sure. Uh yeah, I have Stomby W on Instagram. And then just Stomby.com is my website, I guess. But we'll uh so we're gonna put all our comics out, you know. So yeah. We'll, we got a new one coming out. We've been working on that's kind of got me excited you know i'm telling people i mean i i would tell more players to get a comic about yourself it'll it'll make you want to do certain things on the court to really push that story you know i love it that's a good that's a good idea man hey well i appreciate you jumping on here man this was a blast um it's good catching up with you man appreciate it you as well man